but also let's get something here tonight. Uh, I've, uh, I've titled the message here, Stoning the Helper. And uh, if you know the story here, uh, David and his men returned to Ziglag to find the Amalekites have taken away their wives and their children. I guess if that happened to you, you'd be pretty upset. And, uh, and so there's a, there's a great amount of distress taking place here with, with everybody. This is an unusual thing in that this trial is both personal and corporate, meaning, meaning uh, it would kind of be like we were all going through something ourselves, but yet we were all going through something together. And so it was a personal thing because everybody's family was affected. So every man is thinking, my son. And you remember what I said the other night about eunuchs? When people took your children away to other countries, it wasn't, you know, to give them a good education. I mean, they, you know, they, they, uh, <coughs> there were a lot of dangers. And so everybody's upset. Uh, they've come back. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, any time you have a situation like that where you have a great amount of distress... Uh, there's two views. There's our view and there's God's view. Uh, but our view is often our view. It's how we look at what we're going through at the moment. It's how we feel about what's happening to us. And, uh, and uh, now, if we could get to the God view, if we could understand all that God is seeing, we, we probably find some comfort in that. We, we, you know, we, 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 we could probably lean on that. But really, you know, if you hadn't got past verse number 8 here, uh, you, you wouldn't have known the outcome. You know, if, if, if you just stopped, if you were just the person who came home and your house was burnt down and your family had been taken away and you didn't know where they were. So, so all of that is going on. Uh, there's a lot of distress. Uh, David is distressed. The people are distressed. David's distressed because some of the people are thinking about the fact that he should be killed. And the reason they're thinking that is that when this trial visited them and when it became very hurtful and uncomfortable and difficult for them as a group, then they had a perception that somehow the leader had failed. And sometimes when we go through things uh, in, a, in, a, in a group and it's really hurtful to us, then we can, we can, we can start to think like that. We we can think, well, there's been a leadership failure here because this shouldn't have happened. Or, and we've always got ideas about how things could have been done differently, you know, when we, when we look back on something. Sometimes when a family goes through something, you know, uh, maybe there can be a perception that there's a leadership failure, that, that my husband should have handled this differently, uh, as it were. And so everybody's distressed. Everybody's uh, upset about this. They're grieving uh, how many of you know that people in Middle Eastern countries don't grieve quietly? They, uh, they make a lot of noise and they get quite impassioned. And uh, when grief spills over and, and people get quite impassioned, you can imagine that when they were talking of stoning David, it wasn't said quietly. There's probably people calling out through their tears and their anguish, you know, we should stone him. And, and, and maybe some were joining in that and it was very distressing for everybody. Now, the problem is this. If they had stoned David, they never would have got back everything they got back. And he, here's, here's the thing to ponder. The danger of a, of a corporate trial uh, is that we sometimes want to stone the very person 
that God is going to use to lead us out of the trial. Some, sometimes, sometimes we, we it, it, did, did not the children of Israel do that about Moses? Oh, you, you, you brought us out here to die. Was, was, it, was, was, it, was there nowhere for us to die in Egypt that you had to bring us out here? It's amazing how when we go through a corporate trial, how really quickly our mind can go to, to, uh, to blaming someone or, 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 or assuming that there somehow was a, a leadership failure. So that's what distress does. Now, <clears throat> uh, we all have times in our life where we do go through distress and uh, we just need to understand that a little bit. We need, we need to understand that, that, that everybody at some time, maybe sometimes, is going through a really upsetting time in their life. And uh, it's so upsetting, it's thrown them off balance. They maybe are not thinking the way they would if they weren't so hurt and upset. And everybody goes through that. Now, because everybody goes through it doesn't mean that we can solve it for everybody. So, so, so if you're a helper by, by nature, if you're a kind of person, and pastors are helpers, because they, 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 they live in the role of a shepherd. And if they see a troubled sheep, they, they want to step in, they want to help. But, but sometimes people are going through things that, that we can't fix. And sometimes people are going through things that they don't want to share. And, uh, and, you know, we'll see someone, and, and our, our, if someone's upset or troubled, you know, well, what's happening? Well, uh, well, I'm, well, what are you going through? Well, well what happened? And uh, we're, we're prone to do that, often because we just want to help, but sometimes people don't want to tell. Sometimes they just don't, they don't want to tell everybody what they're going through. And I'm just saying that to say uh, as a call to understanding each other and uh, having patience in times when, Somebody maybe is not themselves and maybe says some things that they shouldn't or, or uh, just, just that we understand, look, you know, people go through things and, and uh, we, just, we just need to understand that. However, when you, do, when you are distressed and you are going through the troubles and the anguishes, there are some things that happen to you that you need to be aware of. Uh, and just recognise the processes here, all right? And, and that's quickly what we'll do. So number one is this that distress often seeks a scapegoat. Uh, distress often looks for a, a, a point to blame. We, we want to find who caused this, who, who did this. It, it's, it's his fault or it's, or it's their fault. When we go through anguish and distress and upset, very quickly what will then come up will be, well, whose fault is this? And, and, and we need to recognise that mental process that happens because that's what they were doing here. Now, you probably saw on the news yesterday, uh, tragically, that a, a mother who had three children in her car uh, was driving along the banks of the, I think it was the Tweed River, and I, I remember swimming down there and snorkelling down there. It's quite deep. And I remember jumping off the side and if you, if you snorkel there, uh, I remember going down and for a little while and then it suddenly just goes off and it's quite deep. It plunges off into an abyss. And, uh, and I wasn't even willing to swim down there. I didn't know what was there, but I remember seeing it. And tragically, uh, 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 yesterday, uh, a lady or the night before a lady was driving a car with her three children in uh, on a road that had previously been flooded and uh, whatever the details were, if you've seen in the news, her car slipped off into the river 
And uh, one child, I think aged eight, managed to get out of the girl. And, uh, and by all accounts, her mother helped her get out. And, uh, but the mother and the other two children, they didn't get out. Well, they, they, they raised the car today and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, the bodies were recovered and they said that uh, as they, one of the children was actually in the arms of the mother, that she was trying to get that child out. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking, it's, it's, it's sad. Now, it's sad for us and we don't even know who they are. But imagine, imagine how it is if you're the family or, or it's your neighbour or you knew those people. And so here's what happens. You, just what I said, now, now after you get over the initial distress, the episode, not that you get over it, but, but the next thing is, you know, this shouldn't have happened. So, so now the police were saying the road was closed. The police were saying that road was closed and that nobody should have gone through. But the people in the area are saying it wasn't closed. We drove through it. And the police are saying, well, someone must have moved the barrier. Well, I don't know, and it might come out. But can you see that that's what we do? We, this is our default. When we're deeply distressed and upset, uh, our next point is, uh, uh, you know, who, who, who caused this? Who's, whose fault is this? And, and we do look for a scapegoat. And I'm just saying that for you to remind yourself when, when you go through your distresses in the family, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the big things that really upset you, that just be careful because it will rise up in you, or we have troubles in a corporate sense that, that you, the default can be to blame someone. Now, uh, I, I, I won't read it because of time, but, you know, Luke 13, Jesus talked about, some people asked him about the Galileans that Pilate had mingled their blood with the sacrifices. And, the, and Jesus said, look, uh, suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans. He said they were sinners, but they weren't worse than anyone else because they suffered such things. Uh, nay, uh, meaning that, look, stuff happens and it isn't always it's their fault. It, we, we, it isn't always, well, David... This was a leadership failure. There, there was no leadership failure. In, in fact, out of this, God will bring many things. But in the midst of it, that can be what we can feel. So, so I, I, I've told you before, I helped a lady in an accident once, naively. Well, I don't know what I'd do if it happened again. But, but, but I was there comforting her. She'd been knocked down of her motorcycle. And I don't know if she lived. She was bleeding profusely from the head in other places. And, uh, and I just happened to be, you know, I was there, so I'm kneeling on the road holding her when her family arrived. So they immediately draw the conclusions, you know, that I, I, I did this and, and that's why I'm there. And uh, so they, they were going to stone me. And they got very vocal and, 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 and you know, and, and it wasn't a situation saying, now, now, folks, just calm down, let me explain to you. There was no, you couldn't do that. My people had to grab me and, uh, and get me into a vehicle and get the doors closed. Not that we could drive anywhere because the crowd had surrounded the car and they were pushing and banging on the car, yelling things like, kill him, kill him. And, uh, it, and uh, it's not nice. Uh, and, and that's what people can do. And I'm saying, that's, can you see this here? Can you, they, they say, you know, David. And, and they, and they want to kill him. So, so just realise that when, it, when, when this visits your family. Number two... Distress distorts our perspective mentally. Uh, troubles can be, seem bigger than they really are. 
You know, when someone's going through something, sometimes, uh, you know, they're explaining it to you and they're clearly very distressed about it. But you can be listening thinking, well, I can see you're really upset and I can see this is really bothering you, but, but it just doesn't seem quite as big to me as I'm looking at it. But you see, when you're distressed and when it's happening to you, that's what can happen to your mind. Your perspective gets confused. Okay, so you need to rec- So what do you mean? Troubles can seem larger. God can seem smaller. Well, what do you mean? Well, it's not... It's, I mean, God, it can be like, well, I don't know... You know, it just suddenly God shrinks. Or if he doesn't shrink, maybe he just seems uh, uh, incapable or perhaps indifferent to what's going on. And the danger is when you get distressed and you get really upset about something, and I'm not talking about a small thing, and, and surely this will visit you a few times in life if it hasn't already, and you may not want to tell everyone, uh, but, but recognise, uh, one, you can, be, you, you can start the, the... Whose fault is this? Two, your mental processes, you can, you can get a distorted perspective. Number three, distress can cause me to distort my own history. So, so, so what, meaning this, you can start to say things like this, you know, because you find yourself in this terrible, distressing, awful, horrible situation, the next step is you start to review your own history. And now you get a distorted perspective of what happened before. Now you begin to rewrite the narrative of what took place before because you're viewing your own history through your present distress. And so you might start saying things like, you know, I wish I had never started this in the first place. But, but maybe a lot of good already came. Maybe right now, because you're so distressed and you're so upset, you, you've forgotten about all that. You've forgotten about all the good that God did. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you, you know, I wish, I, wish, uh, I wish I'd never married her uh, or whatever. You know, I wish I'd never married him. But, but hang on. Okay, but your union has brought some, some beautiful fruit. There's, there's some, some beautiful things did come out of that union. And I'm just saying, when you get mentally distressed, you can start the process of distorting your own history. I wish I'd never come to this place. It would have been better off I never came. And, uh, and or I wish I'd never... Uh, here's how far Job went. In Job's distress, he went this far. I wish I'd never been born. I wish I'd never been born. And, and, when, and the deeper the distress, the further you start to go back mentally. Why are we saying this? We're saying it to understand ourselves. We're saying it to understand each other. And we're just saying it because when we look at the Bible, we can see these things being played out. And so distress can cause you to distort your own history. Uh, you can begin to forget all the good and only focus on the bad. Number four, distress can cause us to blame the wrong people or the wrong things for what's happening to me. Uh, They were contemplating killing the person God was going to use to lead them out of their troubles. You know, that's what what they were going to do. They they were going to kill the guy that that actually was going to be led of God to help them recover everything and go on to many more good things. But you see, in a moment, in a moment, you can... You can begin to blame the wrong people or the wrong things for, for what's happening to us. And, and so when you, when you get that way, your contemplations are to, to, to 
you know, we're going to kill him. Now, you might say, well, well, I'm not going to kill anyone. I've got to tell you, it's visited my mind. But, but, uh, but uh, you, you, you might say, well, I, you know, I've never thought I was going to kill anyone. Yeah, but, but, you know, we kill other things. So we start killing our relationships. We start terminating our relationships. We start terminating the bonds that we had with people. In our distress, we start, we, 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 we're going to cut all that off. We're going to do away with that now. Our anguish is so deep that, that we don't even want to see anyone anymore. We, we might leave church. We might cut people off. And, uh, and, uh, and sometimes that's hard for the people who get cut off to understand what is going on. I, di- I didn't do anything. But this is, this is anguish in distress working itself out in someone. It's not right. And we ought to be careful that we don't do it but it can happen. Number five, distress banishes all time but the present. Uh, meaning that, uh, you know, that's, that's the anguish of a, of a distressful time. Uh, when you're going through a very difficult time, hope is rarely found in what is presently visible. When you're going through a difficult time, when it's really that bad, there's not much you can look at that you can get hope from. So what are they seeing? Burned buildings. Uh, Tommy's little teddy on fire in the corner and Tommy's gone. That's what they're seeing. Everything they're visibly able to look at at that moment is not offering any hope. There's no hope. And that's what deep distress does. It it tries to hide you. It it tries to lock you into just your present. Now, why is that problematic? It's problematic because because, uh, it distorts the perspective. Some, sometimes when, when a present distress can be viewed in context, it can be revealed to be... Well, first of all, it finds its context, but it might turn out to just be one chapter in an otherwise great book. Uh, just one chapter. But, but if it locks you into that chapter, it'll seem like the whole book. If you can't get beyond it, it'll seem like your whole story. And, uh, you know, Job. Job had to lose much before he gained much more. And, uh, and, uh, and we can say that, but, but in a present moment of stress, not many people are terribly interested in what they might gain later on. They just know where they are. Let's just understand our condition. They just know where they are. And what do we do? We just see and we feel what we've lost, and that's what they were going through. Number six, we're nearly done. Distress naturally draws our feelings inward. So we can become very, uh, very uh, retrospective. We can... We can we can introspective. We can become very focused in ourselves. Uh, you know, when you go through a really, really upsetting, really distressing time, uh, I don't know if it's, you know, how many times has it come to you? Well, I don't know if it's come to you, but, but thoughts of, I'll, I'll characterise it this way, retreat. Is, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm leaving uh, or whatever. Thoughts of retirement. I'm finished with the whole process. Uh, thoughts of reclusiveness. You know, we're just going to move and not tell anyone where we live. And I'm changing my phone number and getting a new Facebook name and, and whatever. And, and I'm just going to drop out because, you know, I just... And, and I'm, not, I'm not mocking that because I think, I think we can all... That can rise up within us. I'm going to resign. I'm going to lead. You know, you're upset. You're upset. Yes. You know, you're hurting. Yes. Or just... You know, understand the process of what's going on. Be careful. Uh, not to lecture you, 
but, but, but just, just realise that this is what happens when we, when we go through these times. You know, it takes great spiritual character to look up and not just look around. It takes great spiritual character to be able to do that. Uh, you know, the, uh, the widow who was going to be blessed by God with the oil that didn't run out was told that before the blessing could come, she needed to locate some empty vessels. You know, sometimes it's difficult for God to bless us because we're already full. We're, we're full of bitterness. We're full of assumptions. We're fed up. Uh, we're full of hurt. And, uh, and there's really no room in our life presently to receive a blessing. And uh, we've, got to, we've got to ask God about those things in us that need to be, to be, to be emptied out, to, to, to leave us. And it's not easy. It's not easy. The only, the only people who think these things are easy are just people who haven't been through it. But when you truly go through these overwhelming moments... It just isn't as clear as, as it can seem to someone on the outside. And he, as we finish, what's the answer? The answer is verse 7 and 8. We've got to bring God back into the picture. Uh, I'm, 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 amidst the burning buildings, we've got to bring God back into the picture. See, because deliverance and help was always, the answer is to, is to look up to the Lord. And uh, we've got to get our eyes back. Thank, 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 thank God for a leader in the midst of it all, who says, look, I don't know what to do either, but I'm going to go and seek God. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know why it happened. I, 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 and you can be angry at me. And I don't know, I, I don't have answers to just roll off. I can't do that. But I'm going to go and seek God. And, uh, and uh, Abiathar, bring the, bring the ephod. And uh, thank God that, that, that for people who do that. And you've got to bring God back into the picture. You've got, you've got, to, get, you've got, to, you've got to let God back in and, uh, and let God just begin to do what he's going to do. Uh, take another step forward. In verse number 9, uh, David and the 600 men, they went with him and they went out. You know, despite your anguish, take another step forward. Oh, I can't walk a long way. Just take a step. You know, I was talking to Brother Fisher on the phone the other day, and I don't think he'd mind me sharing this, but, but basically, you know, he, he was sharing with me that really for him in serving, it's just day by day. And that's not a cliche, meaning I get through today. Whew, thank you, Lord. And, oh, it's another day. Well, let's try to get through this one. And, uh, and many times it is that way. Just take another step. Just take another step. Just keep going. Uh, and then corporately stay together. You know, when, when, we are, when we're tested as a group through difficult circumstances, we, it's no time to fracture. Uh, and it's no time to turn against each other. Uh, this is a time to, to lock arms and to, to stay together and to seek the Lord and to all of us to, to get on the steady ground of Christ-likeness and just... Let the Lord lead us. And as we do that, and as they did that, as they finally got back together and they started to move forward together, you know, people become closer. One, one of the things that binds us together as brethren and as families, and sometimes as good, as good friends, one of the things that really brings us together 
is when we share in the trials and the tests and the suffering and we come through it. And there's just something about that that really, really, that locks us together. It gives us a shared history. It gives us, it just, it just we, we, we don't talk about it, but, but just getting through that together, you know, it just, it just it strengthens us. Uh, families, you know, the natural course of family is you marry and you'll have children. And, uh, and there'll be some trials with that, some tests, but that doesn't push a husband and a wife apart. That's a lie. God didn't design a plan that if you followed it, it was going to hurt your marriage. No, 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 the children bring you together. Uh, sometimes they bring you together on your knees, but they'll, they bring you together. And that's God's way. And uh, so God got it right. He, he, there was no, no mistake. Uh, uh, there are things that, that begin to happen, you know, after you say, I do. And that's part of you, uh, you coming together and growing together. It happens in a church as we go through trials together corporately. And then, and then lastly, you know, what, one of the things that happens when this happens corporately is we see God affirming to us our leaders. And at, when, out of all of this, you know what people would have concluded at the end? You know, thank God for David. Thank God. Because in the midst of that, I didn't know what to do and it didn't look like we were going to get through it. But uh, he sought God and, you know, it worked out and we could see God's hand was on him. And sometimes these kind of troubles just just affirm to us uh, who God's men are. And they affirm to us that God has put some people in our lives for these times that we go through. And God uses the whole, the whole process of that. So, so that's all, just, just some thoughts on that, just some things to remember uh, when you uh, maybe uh, find yourself in an anguishing, distressing, upsetting situation. By the way, it's different things for different people. It's different things. Some, some, some people seem to not be overly troubled about how their kids are, however they are. But to other people, they are troubled. And it's, it can be quite anguishing and quite upsetting and uh, quite, quite uh, discouraging and, uh, and truly testing. Um, that's a serious anguish for some folks. It's distressing. And, and we just need to remember these things and... And uh, I, I, I pray that God just help me to be more patient with people. I, I want to be patient with people because I want people to be patient with me. And I want to be the kind of person that would say, look, you don't have to explain to me what you're going through. If you're going through something and it's real for you, that, that's enough. I'm, I'm just beside you in any way I can. And you don't have to tell me. I don't need to hear it all. Well, you can if you want, but I don't need to. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just beside you. And I just think that's a Christian spirit. And that's the sort of stuff that binds us together. I, I think we've had a church like that. I think we've had a pastor like that who's led us through some difficult times. Uh, but these are, these are reminders. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor.